Disney and Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's two-part episode, Leslie and I first talk about how things will look different if you're returning to the newly reopened Disney World. And then I talk with Christina Cooper, my travel agency supervisor, to talk about her experience being at Magic Kingdom on opening day. You can find all episodes of the podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we really appreciate positive reviews. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, you can check us out at patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Walt Disney World is back open. Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom are officially open to the public. And as we are recording today, Hollywood Studios and Epcot are having their cast member previews. So it's an exciting time. What Leslie and I thought we would do today is just walk people through how things are going to look different. Obviously, we haven't been there yet, but we've been paying close attention. So walk through how things are going to look different if you're taking a trip to the Disney parks right now. And then when Leslie and I are done, we're going to talk with Christina Cooper, who works with me at Travelmation, my travel agency. And she's going to talk to me a little bit about her experience being at Magic Kingdom on opening day. And then Leslie and I will be back with a quick Disney do or don't. So I know that's a lot, Leslie. So you ready to get started? Yes. <laughs> we knew this day would come and here it goes. It's pretty weird to be uh, just like sports reporters are like, it's weird to be writing about actual sports again, especially given everything going on. Yeah, this is a little weird, but we're gonna go through it. All right, well, let's dive in with everybody arriving to, I guess, should we start with Magic Kingdom? Because that's sort of the hardest logistical park to get to. Yeah, let's just focus on Magic Kingdom today, especially because that's the one that I've been paying the most attention to. Okay, so what should folks expect if they're arriving at Magic Kingdom? Yeah, so everyone is going through the Transportation Ticket Center right now, unless you're staying at the Contemporary. The first thing you'll notice is... Disney is sometimes implementing this thing called pulse parking, which I guess makes a lot of sense. They are holding cars, depending on the numbers, at the toll booths or whatever, so that they only let a certain number of cars park at the same time. That limits the number of people that are going in at a certain time. In essence, you're sitting in line, quote unquote, in your car, in your air conditioning, but you're socially distanced because you're inside the car. So that's kind of uh, how things start out. Makes sense. I think it's going to be interesting to watch, and we'll probably talk about this later, but for people who don't want to wait a really long time, maybe rope drop is not necessarily what you want to be aiming for. That's that's sort of one thing I, I heard from a lot of people is the people who were trying to get there first for rope drop were kind of waiting the longest <laughs> sort of behind these toll booths and then for parking and then, you know, all that kind of stuff. Leslie, Leslie, are you looking at my Disney do or don't oh, notes right darn. now? Come on. Come on. All right. We're going to move on. We're going to move on before we spoil anything more. Okay. So once you get to the Transportation Ticket Center, there are three options to get from the TTC to the Magic Kingdom. So there's the monorail still, there's the ferry boat, but there are also these buses. Talk to us a little bit about how each of these things look. So if you're going to take the ferry, the way they're socially distancing folks is by not allowing them to sit. So that's something to keep in mind if you have somebody, I guess, mobility challenged in your group or younger kids. The bus, I've heard from a lot of people actually, was their preferred method, like people who've had the chance now to go for a couple of days in a row. And the way people are being kept socially distanced on the bus is they've actually set up sort of partitions between groups of seats on the bus. And then sort of this a little bit of the same situation 
station in the monorail, they've got partitions between the different sections of the monorail and it's sort of one group per partition. So people have generally been pretty happy with the transportation options, at least, and I've seen people who have tried all of them on social media and, and things like that. So just sort of know what what your strategy is going to be. And most people have been happy with all of them. What have you heard, Joe? Yep. Hearing the same, we'll hear from Christina. She took the bus and she said she really liked it. So you still have to get from the TTC to the Magic Kingdom. Um, and now you have three options, but it does sound like the bus is the way to go. So of course, things have changed in terms of temperature screening and security protocol. The temperature screening I hear is very straightforward. They have like a gun, they point it at your head, uh, a temperature screening gun, of course. And you know, you don't get taken aside unless you are above 100.4 degrees. And then people are raving about the new security process because you just are walking through with your bag and you only get pulled aside again if you trigger something. So that is pretty awesome. Yeah, it sounds pretty well run so far there. I did hear from one person, I guess, early on who had to have their bag gone through because something did trigger and that, uh, you know, was perhaps a little bit uncomfortable. So have all the hand sanitizer at the ready, I guess, or the Clorox wipes to wipe things off that get touched, I guess. If you can find Clorox wipes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but if everything goes smoothly, you know, you just walk through and uh, it should be okay. And, you know, most people are not getting pulled aside for secondary screening. So once you get in on opening day, there was a uh, cast members lining Main Street to greet you, of course, they're not going to do that every day. One thing that has definitely changed, though, you know, in the past, we've always recommended walking through the store, Main Street, Main Street Emporium, to avoid the crowds and to get into the Magic Kingdom faster. But you can't do that right now. Why not, Leslie? That's because the stores are running virtual queues. I mean, they're achieving social distancing by limiting capacity inside the stores. So you can't just plan to go through them on a whim, especially for the air conditioning. So sorry. Change that hack. And then obviously, like another thing that you have to do is you have to wear masks at all times. It has been great to see guests have been pretty close to 100% compliant. Cast members have been reminding people nicely. And we'll hear from Christina and also hopefully our guests next week about their experience with wearing masks in the Florida heat. But, you know, you have to have masks on at all times unless you're drinking. And so, yeah, it does kind of stink that you can't cut through the Main Street Emporium anymore. But, you know, we understand that it's for the social distancing. So another kind of big change is there are now no longer standard character meet and greets. So, you know, what have you heard about the new character cavalcade system that's been going on, you know, all over the Disney parks? So people are pretty much raving about this. <laughs> so now what they're doing is they're at unannounced times bringing out like kind of like a single float, maybe with, you know, a half dozen dancers and each one has a different theme. And, you know, in Animal Kingdom, there some of them are on boats and in Magic Kingdom, I mean, you've got Merida on her horse. And there was a little bit of an incident with that that <laughs> went, went viral. But, uh, they're, you know, they're different types of cavalcades of different characters in different spots. And it's very quick. You don't know when you're going to see one. But they kind of bring the same joy to a lot of people, I think, that the parades did on a, on a smaller scale. And I mean, I've heard nothing but people just absolutely being surprised and delighted and hoping this becomes a permanent fixture. <laughs> Is that what you've heard, too? Yeah, I mean, it's preventing people from crowding and waiting in advance. And it's just really quick. One thing that Lentesta said on Disney Dish was that, you know, you can still walk across the street, which, you know, is something you can't do when parades are going on. So yeah, people are really into it. And of course, you know, I do think people are just happy to see characters again. So, you know, it does sound like these character cavalcades are 
doing uh, really well right now. And so it'll be interesting to see if they stick around. You know, it sounds like a little more Disneyland-ish in the sense that, you know, you don't know when these characters are going to show up, even though I know on Disneyland they're not, like, riding floats. Yeah, I'm actually hoping this is something they consider long-term for Disneyland because the parade is really a crowd stopper at Disneyland where all the pathways are much more narrow. So this could be kind of a solution. I mean, you know that I'm not a parade person, so to speak. I don't camp out for an hour in advance. and But I do enjoy them when I see them. So this could kind of be like the right hybrid. But we'll see. This is still way, way down the road. And at least from the news that is uh, coming out of California, Disneyland is not going to be anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, my thing right now is in terms of safety, like I do not want to be in the same space for any prolonged period of time. I just kind of want to keep moving. And, you know, of course, this goes along with our forced march of happiness. You know, I just want to be marching happily and safely all day. So, you know, I think these character cavalcades are great. So speaking of safety and the forced march of happiness, let's get to what's most important to you and me, Leslie, the ride. So what have you been hearing in terms of the safety measures in the queues in the rides themselves? You know, what have you been seeing and hearing? I've heard mostly good things for all of the queues. I mean, it sounds like Disney has marked off social distancing, little lines in all of the queues, and and those are more than six feet apart, of course, to to allow like groups to stay together and there's still to be enough space in between groups. I mean, lines have been very short for the most part, except for, you know, a couple of rides. And so a lot of people are kind of essentially walking right on rides. I mean, not spending a lot of time static in the queues. So people have felt pretty comfortable about about that. I mean, I think that would be sort of my biggest fear if if I were to go would be in an indoor queue static for a long period of time. And, and thus far with the capacity they've had, at least on the first few days, people are moving through pretty quickly. So yeah, I mean, everything seems to be good from the rides. And there do seem to be in certain places where they're kind of choke points, like where you line up, for example, like an Animal Kingdom to get on Kilimanjaro Safari, there are actually plexiglass dividers between where people are sort of queuing up to, to right where they board the vehicle. So that allows for additional social distancing as well. Yeah, I mean, think what has impressed me the most is the use of plexiglass, which is not something that we saw at Universal. There's plexiglass in the queues, like especially like when lines switch back and stuff like that. And, you know, they've also made it so that if there isn't plexiglass, those markers that say where to stand are like staggered. So you can imagine you're just kind of, if the line's moving correctly, you're just never standing next to someone. So that's good. And like I said, uh, I just want to keep moving. But on top of that, in some of the attractions, there is actually plexiglass in the attraction. So you mentioned Kilimanjaro Safaris. Between every single row, there is a plexiglass like you're in a cab. And then even on the Jungle Cruise, your favorite or one of your favorites, there's plexiglass in the boats dividing up groups that board. So, you know, there's just a lot of plexiglass everywhere, which I think is the area where Disney went above and beyond Universal. Quick, uh tip on the Jungle Cruise, I hear that that is actually one of the slowest loading rides right now because it's slow to load a boat and you're loading less people. So, you know, that one has been taking longer. You know, I popped into my Disney experience the other day to check and Jungle Cruise was the longest line at 30 minutes and nothing else was longer than 15. And that includes Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So uh, something to bear in mind. Insanity. Insanity to see these kind of wait times. But, you know, I'm glad I'm glad they're short because I think it would have been more insane to see people queuing for a really long time. Yeah, I feel much better that they are short than uh, the alternative, that's for sure. All right, so we've gone on attractions, we've seen the character cavalcades, now we need to eat. How has eating changed in the parks? So everything is on your phone now. You better know how to mobile order. We've been trying to get the converts, Joe, and now is the time. (laughs) 
So the way they're doing it at a lot of restaurants is there's like a QR code that you scan on your phone. It pulls up the menu. You can do your ordering that way. Um, I mean, it's a little bit different between table service and quick service is my understanding. But again, this is like, you got you got to understand the technology now. Yeah. So table service, it's QR code. And then your menu is on your phone. But of course, you're just sitting down and eating a meal like normal with table service. For mobile order, one thing I heard it hasn't been completely confirmed yet, but it does seem like it makes sense is they've actually been delaying mobile order. So like you, they're kind of like creating a mobile order virtual queue. So like you have to wait before you can order uh, if a certain place like say Cosmic Rays is too crowded or something like that. So as always with Disney World, if you eat at the off times, you're better off. But mobile order, unfortunately for you and me, Leslie, but good for the world and uh, social distancing, you know, is not going to be the cut the line method that it's always been, but there's still not going to be a long line when you get your mobile order through. It's just, you might have to wait in a quasi virtual line while you are uh, waiting to mobile order. Makes sense. Makes sense. Our secret's been spoiled officially. Yes. People, we evangelize too much, Leslie. And then a worldwide pandemic happened, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not sure. Yeah. You know what? I'm not sure what that, we should move on. We should move on. (laughs) All right. So uh, second to last thing, relaxation zone. So I can speak specifically about the Magic Kingdom. There are three. There is one in Pete's Silly Sideshow, which used to be my favorite character, meet and greet. That's indoors, air conditioning. That's really nice. Frontierland, which is outside. And then there is one at Tomorrowland Terrace, which is where my family, once again, used to like to relax, of course, before we even had to have masks, because it is semi-air conditioned, even though it's like an outdoor pavilion, but it's covered. But now that's a relaxation zone. So just a reminder, Leslie, what does relaxation zone mean exactly? It means you can take off your mask. You know, the seats are very socially distant so that you can just take a break and cool down. I have to say it does weird me out that the Pete Silly Sideshow option is indoors. I don't think I would be comfortable having my mask off with a bunch of people indoors at this stage. So, you know, keep that in mind. I mean, people's level of comfort is is very, very different. But here in California, where we live in perpetually 72 degree temperatures, we do everything outdoors. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. The only caveat is it really does not seem like these relaxation zones have been very busy. So luckily, it's one of those things where you can see if there's people there. And if there's not, you can uh, take a break. If it's too busy for you, then, of course, you can move on and uh, find somewhere else. All right. So that's our impressions of what's going on in the parks right now. We are going to hear now from Christina Cooper, who was actually in the parks in Magic Kingdom. So I'm going to talk to her a little bit about her experience. And then we're and then when that's over, Leslie and I will be back with a quick Disney do or don't. All right, so I'm here with Christina Cooper. She's actually my supervisor at Travelmation, the travel agency I work with. And she was at the Magic Kingdom for opening day and also at Animal Kingdom for annual passholder preview. So I just thought I'd ask a few questions about the experience. So Christina, thanks so much for being here. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, so my first question is pretty simple. Uh, we haven't been in the parks for a long time. So, you know, how did it feel to be back in Disney parks after so long? It's been over four months for almost everyone. I know you're a local, but still, it's probably been that long for you as well. I've got to tell you, it was it was delightful to be back. I didn't know, I, I knew I was going to have a fun time at Disney. As you mentioned, we are locals, we are annual pass holders, so we get to go pretty frequently. And I always have a great time, right? That's why we're annual pass holders. But 
what I didn't expect was to honestly feel like it was just a, a great moment for my soul, for my heart. It was like, wow, this magic is back. It's been a tough few months. And to just kind of be able to be back in such a happy environment, such a, a familiar joy is what I kind of have been calling it. It was just, it was wonderful. And my favorite moment was definitely walking in. We were there at Rope Drop for Magic Kingdom and all of the cast members were lined up across Main Street. They were waving, they were greeting, they were just shouting, welcome home. And you could, it was genuine. They were so excited to be back. And that is the moment that honestly was my favorite. It wasn't even seeing the characters of the castle. It was seeing the people behind Disney who were so thrilled to have us back. That was something that was really special. Yeah, I saw a video of the cast members on Main Street. That was really uh, awesome to see. So obviously, you know, things are very different than last time you were at the park. So I'm curious, what is your impression of the safety measures that Disney has put in? And, you know, how did you feel about everything that Disney was doing to try to keep people safe? Yeah, so it was something that I was really impressed by. You could tell that they just thought through everything. Um, right from the beginning of our experience as we were going to park, there was actually socially distant parking in place, which I didn't even think of. <laughs> they actually had it. They You skipped every other parking spot. Now, granted, this did slow down parking. This was the part of the like safety experience that hindered the speed the most of my of my whole day, just because they skipped every other and then they took cars back. Once all of those people had left and gone to the parks, they went back to those spots and filled in the remaining parking spots. And so it slowed things down a little bit. But everything again, from that parking experience, all the way to temperature checks in the beginning, which truly took three seconds, it was so fast, bag checks, faster than ever because it was a smaller amount of people. There was a new bus that went from the TTC to Magic Kingdom, and we decided to take that so that we could experience something new. And we were, it was so much faster than the monorail or ferry boat has ever been for us. In the bus, they had dividers and they divided you up by party. I mean, every single transportation element, wait line, ride, everything um, in Disney's experience was thought through about how can we evaluate this and, and reevaluate the safety involved. I did not think that it hindered the Disney experience at all. Of course, the main safety protocol that affected your overall experience was the mask. I was not used to wearing masks outside. So that was an adjustment. Um, we, though, my, my husband and I were the ones who traveled and we mentally prepared for that. We, we said it's summer heat and we're wearing masks outside. It's going to be different. But we took breaks. We wore, you know, athletic clothes instead of cute clothes. Like we thought about, okay, how can we make this the most conducive to not have this mask be a hindrance for us? And so masks aside, everything else that they did, the, the plexiglass, the socially distance in the rides, like we had Splash Mountain, a whole cart to ourselves. I did Kilimanjaro Safari. I had a whole Kilimanjaro Safari to myself. So the, some of it was weird, but at the same time, kind of cool that they just in every way possible got that six feet of distance, um, sprayed things down, clean things. Um, it was pretty impressive. And so it definitely seems like crowds have been lower than they've been for like a decade or so. Questions on that. Did you ever run into situations where people bunched up or got more crowded than you had expected or were anticipating uh, or were comfortable with? I considered it pretty light throughout. I've heard of some instances where maybe crowds had accidentally formed or something like that. I can't speak to that. I didn't experience that. Anything that I had was wonderfully distanced. I mean, I, there was a mutual respect from anyone that I came in contact with where parties kept their distance. And I think that Disney did everything to organize people, organize the flow of walking and crowds and things like that to really make it so that 
there was not any accidental crowds. The one thing that I thought was interesting too is, you know, that the big buzz a few weeks ago or months ago was that they got rid of parades. And that was a bummer to me. I really love the parades. But what I thought was so brilliant is that they had these, what I'm calling like surprise mini parades all throughout the day. And so you would just hear the music come on and you would look around and there was one time Gaston was coming on a horse. There was another time it was Mickey and it was the dance party. And it was just so cool because it was quick. And it was unplanned. So people couldn't think or pre-plan to make those crowds. But if you were around, you got to experience it and get that kind of quick joy that you get when you see a parade coming by. So I thought that that was really brilliant. I felt like there was safe distance the entire time that I was there. And I thought that Disney did a really phenomenal job of orchestrating that. Character cavalcades is what I think they're calling them. That's the word I've heard. I'm calling them mini parades. (laughs) That's essentially what they are. So last question. You're wearing masks in 100 degree heat. There is plexiglass everywhere. You know, everything is socially distant. There are no parades. There's no character meet and greets. Was the magic still there for you at Disney World? You know, did you still have that magical feeling that you had? And was it as it ever was? You know, how much was the experience changed for you? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And that was something I was just asked recently by a friend. And why I think it's a great question is because even as much of a Disney fanatic as I am, I didn't know the answer to that question until I experienced it. I was very aware that those changes and those requirements could make it not as enjoyable as it normally is. But I am so pleased that my genuine answer is yes. Absolutely. There was still the Disney magic there. And if anything, I think that It was there in such a more powerful way because of what we've gone through as a world for the last few months. All the things that Disney stands for at its very core, the magic, the memories, the the time with your loved ones, and just looking at happiness and joy beyond what's going on in the real world sometimes. I mean, now more than ever is when we need that encouragement, that message, and that escape. And so I think that when I saw the cast members down Main Street, when I got to ride the rides with my husband and sit in the restaurants that we loved, and like we had all the same feelings and excitement and joy that we've ever had in any previous trip. And it's all about personal perspective. Again, I, we mentally prepared for the masks. Of course, there were times where like, it's getting hot, let's go sit in the Hall of Presidents and, you know, and take a break. Whatever that is, like, you do have to put those breaks and things into place so that you can enjoy it to the fullest. But if you um, can get yourself to overlook that and focus on the bigger picture of what you're getting to experience, it is absolutely 100% magical. All right. I know I said last question, but thought of one more bonus round really quickly. Favorite ride of the day? Ooh, I have to say the Kilimanjaro Safari. That was because I, again, I, I had the whole safari to myself, just me and my husband. And so the driver was so great. He said, hey, it's just us. This is really weird. Do you have any questions? And so I got to spend the whole ride just having question and answer time with him. And, and so it was just so unique, so interesting. And that doesn't happen to everyone. I know friends who went did have other parties just farther away on the bus. Um, but for us, it just happened. It was just us. And that was a very, it was like a VIP safari tour. It was insane. <laughs> All right. I know I keep doing this. I keep saying last question, but I got to know, obviously that was at the annual pass holders preview for Animal Kingdom, but just got to pull this thread. What was that like? Did you get to sit in the front row? Were you right behind them? Like you're in a cab? You know, how did that all work? So basically, but also socially distanced. There was one row, like the first row was empty so that we weren't right behind the driver, but we were then in the second row. So we could hear each other. It was essentially that private front row experience. That's amazing. A private safari. (laughs) What else can you ask for? 
Come on. Like, you know, I know there's masks. I know there's things that are different. But when else are you going to have some of these low crowd experiences? So it's a trade off, one that we were very willing to take and very glad that we did. All right. Before I let you go, like I said at the beginning, you're my supervisor at Travelmation. So if people are interested in booking a trip, where can people contact you if and when they're ready to go back to Disney? Well, hey, I'd rather them contact you, Joe. So I maybe you can share your own personal information because you are a fantastic agent and I want to support you and your podcast and all your listeners who listen to you. And so I, yes, you can follow me on Instagram if you like at Christina Cooper. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A Cooper, then with an extra R at the end. So it's like Cooper. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can go ahead and follow me on all my adventures. But hey, Joe, I'm sending this one back to you because anyone would be lucky to book their vacation with you. Thanks, Christina. I really appreciate that. I promise you, everyone, I did not uh, pay her to say that. Uh, you can contact me, Joseph Chung, at travelmation.net. Thanks so much for taking the time, Christina. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you had a great time. I hope it encourages everybody to get back to the magic because it is time. And uh, yeah, let's let, let the fun begin. All right. Thanks. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So thanks again to Christina for sharing her experience with us. It definitely tempts me to go to the parks. Uh, I think if I was a Florida resident, I would definitely go. But still, uh, traveling from Massachusetts is not something I'm uh, ready to do yet. And I know you feel the same way, Leslie. Yeah, that's right. It's just it's too long of a trip for me. And I do have some friends who went from California and they feel like everything at the parks have been great. But the travel was the bigger question mark, you know, having to, to go through airports and sit on cramped planes and things like that. Yeah, people keep saying that Disney World is safer than going to the local publics, and it just it gives me a lot of questions, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's right. What are their local publics like? Exactly. Okay, Joe, well, what's our Disney do or don't that I may or may not have spoiled for everybody today? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my Disney don't is don't rope drop right now. The lines are super short. If you rope drop Magic Kingdom, you could probably be done by 4 o'clock, which is like a couple hours before it closes. For Animal Kingdom, it seems like you can do everything in Animal Kingdom, including Flight of Passage, multiple times in like three or four hours total. So there's really no reason to rope drop right now with the way the crowds are. Obviously, if things get busier, that may change. But right now, you don't need to put yourself in an extra crowded line. I know that on the first day, outside guest relations at Magic Kingdom, there was like kind of a huge crowd that gathered because some people's ticket media wasn't working and stuff like that. You know, you really don't need to do that. I spoke to a listener who showed up at the Magic Kingdom at 2 p.m. and pretty much got everything that they wanted to do done by 7 p.m. that night, uh, which is when the Magic Kingdom closed. So don't rope drop right now. You don't need to do it. Obviously, as things get more crowded, that might change. But if you're going in the near future, you don't need to rope drop. Crazy times we're living in. Totally. You can finally sleep in at Disney, guys. Yeah. That's all we got for today. We do really recommend that people kind of think long and hard about whether you want to go to Disney. You know, we are still in a pandemic. Like Leslie and I said, we're both not planning to go at the moment. Um, We will see how things change. But we definitely want people to make the decisions that are the best and the safest for their families and also the communities around them. So, you know, we would be remiss to end the episode without saying that. Otherwise, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. We really appreciate it. And it is great to be talking about the Disney parks being open again. And so, you know, hopefully it stays this way and things stay good and cases get better. You can find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts. Hit us up, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. Other than that, thanks so much for taking the time, Leslie, and I will see you on the other side of some plexiglass. Thanks, Joe. Bye.